With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Already in progress. Final hour on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Our good buddy, Gilbert Arenas, one of the great scorers during his era in the NBA. He's got a podcast. He had Zion Williamson on. I'll give you a little sampling of Zion Williamson, who doesn't do many interviews. And uh, he talked about the struggles of dieting. Here's uh, Zion Williamson on Gilbert Arenas' podcast. Is it hard to diet at your age? Jeez. Uh, be honest. Since it's you, I'll be real. Uh, there are times when I will say that, man, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, hard it's hard, man. Like, you 20, 22, got a lot of money. All the, it feels like all the money in the world, man. It, it is hard, but uh, I'm at that point now where because of certain things, I'm putting back, like, the wisdom around me, a bunch mm-hmm. of, like, I want to say older because they took offense to it. <laughs> and I'm just putting people around me with wisdom, put me on game to certain things, and just go from there, though. We'll talk to uh, Gilbert Arenas. I think this was a surprise that Zion joined him on his podcast here. It's called uh, Gil's Arena with uh, Gilbert Arenas, but we'll talk to him about that. By the way, they're champions in the paint, in the pocket, showing off their skills on the green. The stars come out. Lake Tahoe. American Century Championship, and that'll be uh, 2.30 Eastern on NBC and Peacock. I think they start tomorrow with the opening round there. Great event, a lot of fun, beautiful place, but that water is cold. Lake Tahoe, it's cold. And uh, it looks like it, you know, the, the weather is warm, the setting is great, but when that snow melts there and it goes into the water, it stays cold for a long, long time. You're like, man, that looks refreshing. And when I played there, and you come down the 17th hole, so you tee off, and there are people there with their boats. Nobody's in the water, but they're all on their boats, and it looks so refreshing. You've been out there all day walking in the sun, playing golf, and you just want to take a dip, and then you realize it is really cold. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. National League wins its first All-Star game since... 2012. We just had Johnny Bench, the Hall of Fame catcher, on last hour. He mentioned the 1971 All-Star game. And that's when Reggie Jackson hit one of the longest home runs in All-Star history. And and would have hit it out of Tiger Stadium. It, it hit the lights. And uh, 23 players and managers from the 1971 All-Star game would make it to the Hall of Fame. 
No other All-Star game has featured more than 20 eventual Hall of Famers. Here are the players who were in that and the managers. Rod Carew, Brooks Robinson, Luis Aparicio, Frank Robinson, Carl Yastrzemski, Reggie Jackson, Al Kaline, Harmon Killebrew, Jim Palmer, Johnny Bench, Willie McCovey, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Willie Stargell, Lou Brock, Ron Santo, Tom Seaver, Steve Carlton, Fergie Jenkins, Juan Marichal, Roberto Clemente, Earl Weaver, and Sparky Anderson were the managers. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading card to the Dan Patrick show. Uh, show uh, 17 players won MVP awards who were in that All-Star game. Seven pitchers won at least one Cy Young award. Last night, you had a little bit of drama there, but the National League ends up winning it 3-2 in Seattle. You know, it's still the topic of the second half of the season, or at least for the next couple of weeks, is going to be Shohei Otani, what the Angels do or don't do. Johnny Bench said that he would trade Shohei Otani. We've had it feels like everybody now is at the point where you got to trade him. Jeff Passan, when he joined us, uh, Harold Reynolds had him. I get. I think it's changed in the last month. It feels like a month ago. All right, they're in the wild card race here, maybe. Um, but but are they a true contender? You know, it might just be this year, or are they building on something here? And then Trout gets hurt, and then he's out for another month. You lose nine to ten, and now all of a sudden you, you're at the crossroads here. What do you do? Um, would I want to be known as the guy who traded Shohei Otani? No. If I won a title after we had traded him, then you could say it was worth it. But you have to have confidence in, you know, Johnny Bench was talking about everybody should look at the Braves' blueprint. Well, you have to have the right people in position to draft these players, to sign these players. You can have money, you can have draft picks, but you have to have the right people. It's just like Portland. If you're going to trade Dame Lillard, I got to trust the people who are trading him that we're going to be better. And if you're not, and, and I go back to the Milwaukee Bucks traded Luau Sindor, who, of course, became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And at the time, you know, he just wanted a title, but he wanted to play on the West Coast, played his college ball at UCLA. Well, what are you getting in return for? And at the time, I thought, okay, they got a pretty good haul of some players here. Now, Junior Bridgman was in there. Uh, Dave Myers, who played at UCLA, was in there. Was Marcus Johnson involved in that as well? They got a big man, maybe Elmore Smith. And I thought, okay, if you're going to trade him away, what are you getting in return? When the 76ers, or the Warriors at the time, traded away Wilt. And uh, I wanted, I was like, okay, who are you getting in return? I think they got Daryl Imhoff and Archie Clark. That's not a good trade. Even if you wanted to get rid of Wilt, you still have to get value in return. And Daryl Imhoff was a journeyman center. Archie Clark was uh, a decent player. When the Royals traded Oscar Robertson, one of the great, one of the top 10 players of all time, they got Charlie Polk and they got Flynn Robinson. That was it. I don't even think they got draft picks. 
And I went, wait, we traded away Oscar and we got those guys? Yeah. But so you have to make a smart move. You might not be able to afford or you want to keep Otani. Does he, does he make you relevant? Yes. Does he make you better? Can you be better if you just say, all right, we're going to send him to the Dodgers. We're going to deplete their farm system. And we also want a, a young player who's already established. Whatever you're asking for. If in the, you know, those three years afterwards, now Otani's going to crush and the Dodgers may win three World Series titles. But the Angels aren't winning a World Series. Not anytime soon. But if you build something and four years from now, you have money and you have some free agents, you have young talent. You know, the Reds, you know, the Reds won't be able to hold on to all this talent. But they do have the talent. They drafted some really good players. Uh, if you're the Angels, you could hold on to these players. And then maybe you could build something. But as it is now, do you want to be relevant and a curiosity on the periphery of being a playoff team? Then keep Shohei Otani. But if you want to roll the dice and say, all right, let's try to build a championship here, then you got to trade him. Yeah, Paul. It's apples and oranges. But remember Albert Pujols was 31 when the uh, Cardinals let him go? Yeah. They got all of his 20s, and they got it for very little money. Uh, Otani just turned 29 years old. So they got all his 20s. The past three years, he's been a phenom. It's Everything's worked out, pitching and hitting. But in five years from now, do you think Otani will be a full-time pitcher and hitter at age 34? No. Okay. So, look, I, But the I, Cardinals had one already. Yes. So they could get rid of Pujols. Right. That, that's where you have trust in an organization. Right. But I'm, I guess what I'm saying is, if Otani in four years is not a full-time pitcher and hitter, he's just a great pitcher or a great hitter, then, and you believe that, then you should also, another reason to trade him. He's going to be 30 next year. That's another reason to consider trading him. And then the big one is, you don't know if he's going to join your team, and that, which means you Well, have you're going to have to sign him for a 10-year deal. Yep. The biggest deal. Yeah, so you're going to sign him as a, a two-position player. Which he may stop being. And he might not be, or he might not be as good. I mean, the odds are, will he be able to be a healthy pitcher for the next five years? As a hitter, you would think that he would still be a great hitter. But five years is an eternity. Ten years is, but that's what he's going to ask for. It's going to be ten years, $600 million. Yeah, Paul. And his upside is equal to his downside. If he has Tommy John surgery, that means you lose your best pitcher, pitcher and, and best hitter for a calendar year. Yeah, I, I would trade him. I would trade him if I had confidence in my front office that they're going to be shrewd in what they ask for and uh, being able to draft players. But when you draft a player, you got to wait a couple of years. You had two guys who just won the College World Series. Teammates went back-to-back. Back. We may not see them for two years. They're going to the minors. Hey, number one pick, congratulations. You're going to the Pirates minor league double-A team. Yeah, Marv. If I'm the Angels, I ask for the number one pick in the draft for the next three years. I involve MLB in this somehow. No, no, no. I'm going to need the I'm going to need the first pick in the draft. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it works that way, but uh, you know, special special uh situations for special people or something like that. Um, a poll question for the final hour there uh, Seton O'Connor is going to be Well, Dan, something interesting has happened with the one uh from the first hour. We had seven we had should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame and 70% uh 72% of yeah. the Twitter audience said yes. 
70% of the website audience said no. Okay. Well, the website people are smarter. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I wonder why. I wonder if that's like a different age demographic or if. Mm. What is it that the, the website crowd is very much against it, but the social media crowd is, is into it? I, I'm not sure. You're not? I'm not. Just the, as you guys have said all along, the people on the web are smarter. I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, Todd says that all the time. Yeah, I also tell you not to take phone calls, but you do it anyway. I know, I know. Need to. Uh, the Jets are going to be on hard knocks. Yay. Yay. Was there another choice? Yeah, Paul. They could have had the Lions and the Bears, and those don't play. Lions are lovable, but... Well, we already had the Lions. Yeah, they could have gone back. Here's the question. Because I know a couple guys who work on hard knocks, and they try to feature players... But the players have the right to not be featured. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't avoid being shot at practice or in meetings and stuff. If you were Zach Wilson and Hard Knocks asked you to be one of the feature people, do you participate? Yes. Really? Yes. 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 Absolutely. Yep. Do, um, isn't he a guy who has to downplay everything right now? Stay out of the camera. Stay away. I, his story is interesting. I like to see it. But if he was asked to participate, I think we want to see him mature. I think we want to see him on camera that he is listening. He's absorbing all of this. He's learning from Aaron Rodgers. And maybe you get Aaron Rodgers, say little buddy, and uh, help him out a little bit there. But I'm fascinated with him. Not necessarily his talent, but just the ability to be able to come back from that. I mean, he got humbled, humiliated. And I'd love to see... That's that would be a storyline of him coming back really off the field of being mature and understanding exactly what it takes to be a quarterback. Don't tell me you're a great quarterback. Show me you're a great quarterback. He looks like a character in a Disney movie about a quarterback. <laughs> like, like he's Zach Efron. Be like, all right, okay. Oh, yeah, he's got some decent uh, acting skills, some athleticism. What was the movie that he was in? Yeah, Marv. Uh, High School Musical. Yeah, High School Musical. The trilogy. Yeah. (laughs) And I watched him, and I go, okay, he's got a little bit of athleticism there. That's what Zach Wilson reminds me of. He's sort of Zach Efron of the NFL. Yes, Tom. But one slip of the tongue, one misguided comment, one rolling of the eyes, or just I don't know how much you want to talk or have the camera on The team does have final say. I think he has more to lose than win by having okay. too much camera time at this point. Well, you can't win by losing. That's true. According That's a very valid point. Trent Dilfer. I'm still fascinated by this, uh, this beef. Sante Samuel saying the New York media will take your career to another level because Sauce Gardner is getting all this attention, and then Darrell Revis got involved in this, and then Asante Samuel and Darrell Revis are going at each other, and then they want to maybe get into the boxing ring to settle this. Uh, Darrell Rivas said to Asante Samuel, quit being a hater when it comes to rising stars at the quarterback, uh, cornerback position. Be mad at the voters who never considered you shut down. Uh, never was inspired to watch film, but something does jog my memory. I do remember we played the Falcons and Rex Ryan made a highlight clip of you being double moved on almost every single route. I recall Rex saying to the receivers in our weekly team meetings, if he lines up across from you, double move him every time. (laughs) Goes on to say, a high school cornerback 
could have picked off that pass. He dropped an interception in the Super Bowl loss to the Giants. <laughs> That's a scoreboard one. Yes. That one you can't really goes, argue. This goes to show you ain't elite. Could have been a hero, but you choked and cost your team and Tom Brady another Super Bowl. You know, Darrell Revis has only 29 career interceptions. They never, well, nobody wanted to go throw to Revis Island. And it appears they threw it to Asante Samuel because I think he's got, he's got over 50 career interceptions. Okay. Eaters. But, but the New York media is not the reason why Sauce Gardner was defensive rookie of the year. Oh, but playing in New York is, is, puts a, a good light or bad light on you. Big yeah, time. Okay. Samuel's right. No, he's not. That that the New York media helps propel you to national coverage? But the New York media, how many votes did they have for Rookie of the Year? They didn't vote him for the Rookie of the Year. You get, what, one or two people covering the team and they get to vote on it? I thought what he's trying... everybody else? I thought what Samuel was trying to say that if you play in New York, you get more coverage for being good. You get treated as if you're great. Like Derek Jeter's stats. Now, he won, of course. You know, if but if Derek Jeter did the same exact stats we talked about in Kansas City, if Darrell Revis was playing for Carolina for twelve years with those, you know, I don't think he get he would get not near the coverage. I think that's what I think that's what Samuel's saying. Well, Asante Samuel was playing on a big stage with the greatest quarterback and coach of all time, and playing in meaningful games. I, I mean, he was playing in bigger games than Darrell Revis was. Nobody went in Revis's direction. Yeah, Asante Samuel played in the playoffs uh, nine different times in his career. He's five-time Pro Bowler and 51 interceptions, twice as many career interceptions as Darrell Revis. Yeah, but I don't know why there's a beef here. I don't know why that they, they all can't coexist here. Asante Samuel is not Darrell Revis, and Sauce Gardner was Defensive Rookie of the Year. So I, I don't – it kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, now they want to get in a boxing ring? <laughs> What's that going to settle? Slow day today. <laughs> I mean, Asante Samuel's essentially saying that Sauce Gardner's not good, that he's garbage. He's not as good. As he's only good because he's playing yeah. in New York, just yeah, like Darrell yeah, Revis. But you had, I think you had coaches, players, and you know they voted on this. And uh, members of the media. If two defensive backs are in the boxing ring, are they just backpedaling the entire time? <laughs> Little choppy steps backing away from each other? Those choppy That's steps. funny. Yes, Marvin. <laughs> is, is Sauce Garner going to be in uh, Darrell Revis's corner during the boxing uh, match? I would hope so. Like, all right, let's go. I would hope so. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Gilbert Arenas, we'll talk hoops with him. We'll get his thoughts on James Harden, also Dame Lillard, and his conversation with Zion Williamson. We're back after this on the Dan Patrick Show. Sleep number. Make sure you find out. There's so many things you can find out. You go to a sleep number store, sleepnumber.com. Because this isn't just like, hey, here's a mattress and a pillow. Go to sleep. It's scientific. And I didn't realize this until speaking to them and understanding that this is taking sleep to the next level. Every great day starts the night before and they have smart beds that learn how you sleep, so then you can sleep better. They have adjustable firmness on each side, so that's two beds in one. They have tips for how you get to sleep better, how you stay asleep longer. Uh, trouble falling asleep, sleep too hot or too cold. They actually have temperature-adjusting beds and bedding to help you sleep just right. If your partner snores, they have technology for that, the partner snore technology. Sleep next level. 
Unlock your unique potential with a smart bed that can perform as well as you. Save $1,200 on Sleep Number's most popular 360 smart bed, plus special financing for a limited time only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. See store for details. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Kevin Hart has taken the stage in Vegas for Reality Check, first stand-up special in three years. He's at the top of his game, brand-new, hour-long, unfiltered, unapologetic comedy stream. Reality Check now, only on Peacock. I saw where Kevin Hart was standing next to a Stanford women's basketball player. She might have been the Pac-12 player of the year, co-player of the year. She's 6'2". He's 5'2". It almost looks like 
you know, uh, Victor Wambayama is, you know, standing next to Manu Ginobili, where you're going, wow, that's a big difference between those two. Saw this story, our good buddy Gilbert Arenas and his uh, podcast, Gil's Arena, hosted by uh, Underdog Fantasy, live basketball show on YouTube where anything can happen. And that's exactly what happened. Zion Williamson showed up. I don't know if he was scheduled to show up, but Gilbert Arenas, the uh, former All-Star, co-host of Gil's Arena, joining us on the program. How did this come about that Zion Williamson just dropped in? He he just literally dropped in. We were uh, were actually talking about him. Um, We (laughs) we were talking about, you know, the weight and the problems and having chefs and being an NBA player and being young. And while we're in the middle of that, he's walking past the window. (laughs) And then he just like, he sees us, he's like, yo! And then he he decided to come on in. Okay, Uh, asking that question about dieting, can be a sensitive topic. You know, we, we find out if we're fat shaming somebody. How much thought did you give to that of actually asking him about dieting? None. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're athletes. Um, it, it was always a concern of mine with him um, when everyone was talking about 285, he's a beast. And I'm like, 285 at 19? Um that's probably going to be a problem in the NBA because he hasn't touched the NBA weight. He hasn't went through the NBA schedule where we're doing more sitting than college, right? We're drinking Gatorades. Uh, we're on planes late night where we gain pounds uh, during the season. I had a problem with that, right? I gained 20. I was at 224. I came in at 206 in training camp. By January, I was 224, and I was freaking out. I had to figure out what am I doing wrong here playing 42 minutes a game. But can you follow LeBron's regimen? I mean, you got to be disciplined, but LeBron's figured this out, Gilbert. Yes, he has. Um, he's very he's very disciplined. He's very self-aware. Um, but he's figured it out later on in his career. You remember there was a time where LeBron was 285. Remember we were – doing comparisons of the first time he was in the Olympics. And we're like, you know, he's, you know, two inches uh, taller than Carmelo. He's the same weight, right? He was, he was, he was on the heavier side and he had to make that conscious decision. If he wanted to be a longevity player, he had to dial it down. So, you know, I think Zion now has realized that, you know, his biggest, his biggest um, challenge will be, um, you know, maintaining a, a good, healthy weight for himself. Yeah, I've said all along that his biggest opponent is himself. And, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure that out. You know, Charles Barkley went through this. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're the round mound of rebound uh, in, <laughs> in college and then you get to the pros, you know, Moses Malone kind of had to wake him up. Do the Pelicans have somebody who can sort of grab Zion and say, let's go through this together, or y- you've got to – You've got to do this if you want to have any kind of longevity in the NBA. Yeah, you know, at the age, and, you know, I know some people say, well, you're you're making it easy for him. No, I'm trying to make it easy for him. And the easy part is he's going to need help because the age that this is not an age where we're eating salad and kale and carrots and drinking water. Like That's not that age. Like, well, when we were all 23, 24, we were still eating hamburgers. So he's going to still eat on the healthier side with steaks and stuff. But 
this is more lean fish and his body is not ready for that. That you know that it is going to be a shell shock to him and it's going to be miserable <laughs> and to lose weight you it can't be a miserable experience it still has to be fun for you to stick with that diet. Like I'm still having trouble breaking soda and donuts and cookies here and there. Um so it's one of those things where you know, there has to be a player that's with him, that's helping him along, that has the same problem. And it's one of those two-man tandems. Um, but you can see that he's really aware of it, and he's he's trying. Did you talk and, about any of the other social media stuff with women with him? No. Um, and if you if you if if anybody noticed, you have three NBA players there. We didn't even think of touching that subject because we know. If that was us, we wouldn't want that to be talked about. Um, this is one of those things where it was on it was on a fly moment, right? No one expected it, but we all had the same sense of whatever he's going through personal in his personal life, leave it there. Let's keep it basketball related. Let's keep it to, you know, what's really important here, right? We all have and made bad decisions when it comes to the women we choose. You know, we're all we're not perfect here. Um, but that has nothing to do with how to perform. You know, you we need you on that court to be who you are. He's Gilbert Arenas. His podcast is Gil's Arena, and it's uh, on Underdog Fantasy. Rashad McCants and uh, Brendan Jennings. Uh, Josiah Johnson is uh, on that podcast as well. If I said you could have Zion for the next five years or John Morant for the next five years. Oh, man. And, and and I get to train them? <laughs> yeah, I, I, because I, both need some help. Yeah, um, if I'm if I'm training, that means I can watch, you know, my asset if it's mine, yeah, yeah. then I'll take, I'll take Zion. Really? Yeah, because I'll make sure that, you know, um, he's on the right track all the time. I'm going to micromanage um, the asset. Um, I'm going to make sure that he has the right people around him. He has the right, you know, staff, even when he gets home. Um, but you know, that's the same thing with Jaw, though, Gil. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. You know, the, the, the kids, it's, it's going to get worse for the NBA with young players because the money's going up, right? So that's more money. You know, there was a point where, you know, before 95, Players can come in, unproven players can come in and sign, you know, 40, 50, 80 million dollar deals. And then in 95, they cut it down and had rookie salary caps. Well, now you have like LaMelo Ball, you know, two, three years in, 260 million, yeah. right? All of this, all of this money is like giving, you know, 100, 200, 300 million to an early frat kid where he's in his party days. Right, it's kind of dangerous. How would you have done with that kind of money? Well, we see what I did with the money I had. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's the most money you spent on something? You look back and go, "What was I thinking?" Um, probably the uh, Hugh Hefner's uh, Grotto Pool. I, you know, I, you know, you hear about the the the, the Grotto. And I found a guy who uh, did that, and I said, I want it, but bigger. <laughs> wait, wait, you had him replicate the grotto at the Playboy Mansion? Yes. <laughs> but, the pro- but the problem is I don't have the Playboy bunnies. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, let's let's play guess how much that cost. Polly, I'll start with you. What do you think that oh. the, the grotto at uh, Gilbert's house? Gilbert's grotto. I'm going to go 225 grand. Oh, I think you would laugh at that. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's probably just the furniture. Todd, <laughs> what do you think? Seven hundred eighty-three thousand dollars. All right, Seaton. What do you think? Hold on. Are we? We're just talking about the grotto part. The the pool. The whole. The whole, whole pool. Dang, man, that's crazy. I'm. Well, I don't want to be insulting. I'm going to say seventy-five thousand dollars. Oh, <laughs> you're being insulting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the pool skimmer probably is more than that. I'm just going with the rock formation part. That's yeah, all. Yeah. It's $75,000. Yeah. Uh, Marvin? 1.2. I was going to say $1.5 million. It's about 700 Oh, $700,000. Okay. I went over. I went over. I yeah. said seven hundred. Uh, good for you. Oh, only seven hundred thousand. That sounds like a bargain. <laughs> That's now, what you, I said. Seventy-five. You didn't have. You, you started off by saying, "You know, kind of stupid purchase that you made." Yeah. Did you have to run it by? Were you married at the time? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Dame Lillard has taken away the bargaining power of the Portland Trailblazers. So, how does Portland get something out of this that they can say this is a win-win situation? Like, what's Portland do to? say to their fan base, we traded him this, we got what we, uh, we think will make us better. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a, they both have their bargaining chips, right? You know, Dame wants out. They're like, okay, we're going to grant it, but we want something back in return. That's fair for you. I mean, for, for us too, this is a business. So at the end of the day, they don't have to trade them. Yeah. Like we we all assume that if we don't trade you, you're gonna come back here and do what? Sit, destroy your your worth. It's your worth still, right? So um, if you want to be traded for the value you have, you still have to play. There's really you know. So it's in it's in it's easier if we can get them out now before the season starts. So the guys we have now has the fresh start versus, you know, taking a backseat to Dame. And then when he leaves, you know, like you would rather give the the Sheldon and Scoot um, the ball from tip-off versus Dame starting with it and then handing it off to him after he leaves. What did you think of Victor Wambayama? Um, love the skill set. Um, you know, the adjustment period, you know, from, you know, France to now, there's going to be we're, – we're seeing that he's adjusting game by game. Um, from now to training camp is going to be an adjustment from the training camp, uh, first preseason game till the opening game is going to be a different adjustment too. So we're going to see different levels. We're going to see, you know, right now we should just, you know, look at the little things he's doing, you know, throwing it up, re-tipping it back. You know, we're going to see some of those very great highlights. And by January, I think he would be in full motion of what we should expect. Um, he said something very interesting in um, his press conference. He said, it's less physical, which we all assume that coming to America is more physical for you, not realizing how he described EuroLeague, everyone is on the ground, no one's flying. So because everyone's on the ground, everyone's battling, there's more pushing, there's more shoving. Mm-hmm. 
in the NBA, everyone's trying to jump over you, run around you. So to him, it's less physical for him than it was when he was overseas. Who was the guy that you had to adjust when you faced him? Um, because when Bayama with that wingspan, you know, you're, you don't see too many of those guys and the ability to be on the perimeter as well. Was there a player where you go, oh, my God, I got to readjust where my release point is? Um, I mean, when you're driving, it was Shaquille O'Neal. Um, um, we had uh, Yao. You know, you had to be um, going in that lane versus Yao. You know, he's not going to hit you with the body, but you had to go over, you know, the, 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 the long arms. Karolinko, for some reason. Well, he had, you know, he had a pretty good wingspan. Yeah, he had a pretty good wingspan, and he jumped, and it was just so awkward that you never knew when it was coming. Right? So those three players stuck out the most. Yeah, I just can't imagine. You know, when you're with these guys in a social setting like Shaq, but to see him on a basketball floor where there's certain dimensions and you have to abide by those dimensions when you're going down the lane against him, I, I would you be more concerned about him blocking your shot or just knocking you to the ground? With Shaq knocking you to the, the ground because um, half of Shaq's defense was you not coming in here. So that first foul that Shaq was going <laughs> to give you was going to be hurtful, right? It was going to hurt. And now you're second guessing, do you want to actually go back and catch that part two? So that was part of his his great defense that he's going to let you know what's in here. So now you can second guess. With uh, Wimby, it's going to be more just trying to block your shot. So um, he's going to get dunked on a lot because he's going to give them the opportunity to try to come in there. Shaq wasn't giving you the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that, that, that Shaq purposely was going to hit you hard. Mm-hmm. Just... <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't want, like, you know, like guys like Vince, you were like, oh, Vince is going to dunk on Shaq. He hits you hard one time, you're like, ah, I'm, I'm, I'll do these floaters and these jumpers. Did you ever say anything to Shaq if he hit you hard? Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> you never talk because, back to him? No, no, because how he hits – you know, um, let's say someone like Yao or someone like Tim Duncan trying to come in there. The guards caught the same punishment, right? He couldn't control <laughs> how hard he was hitting you, right? So it was like, ah, oh, that hurt, you know? You don't <laughs> a little think, less force, please. You don't think he added a little more emphasis just to make sure that you didn't come back? Yeah, no, when when it came, that, fir- that first foul, no matter who came in there. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like, you know, like Derek Fisher and Kobe, will open up for the drivers. He, they'll open up the lane for you to come in there. <laughs> and you're like, oh, it looks, it looks so tempting. It looks so tempting. Wait a minute. They were leading you to slaughter? Like, they're going, go ahead. Go in there. It, you know, yeah, it, was part, it, was, <laughs> it was part of their strategy. So, like, somebody like me, D-Wade, LeBron, let them come in here the first time. I'll hit them. And then from there, play regular defense. <laughs> Good to talk to you as always. Thanks for making time. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. That's uh, Gilbert Arenas. Um, the uh, podcast is called Gills Arena, hosted by Underdog Fantasy, live basketball show on YouTube, where, as they like to point out, anything can happen, and it certainly did with Zion as he walks by, and you're like, hey, would you have brought up, so three former NBA players, would you have brought up what's going on on social media with Zion? Would you have asked him about the women? He just had a baby. Uh, or his girlfriend did. You have another woman 
who was threatening to release a, a sex tape. I would think those guys could give you perspective. And maybe not to that degree because they probably didn't deal with social media, but just what you're going through and who you're going to run into and everybody knows where you are and how much you make. Yeah, Seaton. I think those are better questions for the student newspaper. Let them break that one. <laughs> <laughs> so the Northwestern no, School newspaper, yeah, yeah, just they can talk about that. Let that 19-year-old go ahead. I think it would have been uh, – you know what? If he's coming in, I would have I would have asked that. If I'm an NBA so what's player, new? <laughs> hey, I've been reading about you on social hey, media. Zion, so what's new? Yeah, how many likes do you have? <laughs> yes, well, yeah. I probably would have said, Zion, you should not be in Vegas. This is the wrong yeah. time for you right now. Yeah, if if you're not doing well in New Orleans, yeah. you shouldn't be in Vegas. Let's take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn. What's in store tomorrow? Right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's Ben, host of The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is The Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to The Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. 
In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Seton came in this morning. He goes, last night, had myself a big steak, had some wine, baked potato. And I go, so what does that mean? You had steak and wine and mashed potato. He goes, my my wife is out of town. Yeah. They're still on vacation. I got home. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get a big fat ribeye. Good for you. I'm going to make myself a baked potato. I'm going to have myself a, a glass of wine. It was great. It is interesting what we do when our wives aren't around when it comes to eating. Normally, I'd be, you know, a 12 pack of Bud Heavies in and uh, a pizza would be sitting there. So I felt very, I was like, you know oh, what? Okay. Look who just grew up a little bit, huh? <laughs> Look at this guy taking care of himself. You're refined. I love it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Paulie. See, I'm a little bit the opposite of Seton. When my wife and kids, they'll say they're out of town, I'm more likely to go to the nearest Irish pub and do a four-hour session where I get a big old French onion soup, a huge burger, maybe some wings, and watch whatever sports are on TV mm. without them thinking to themselves, i got to be home pretty soon. Mm. But yeah. based on the pictures that you text us, that feels like what you do when they are there, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that is true. kind of is. Yeah. Yes, yes, Todd. I'm all in on Seton, but uh, at least he made the effort to make a steak and a baked potato. I'd get a large pizza, see if I could eat all eight slices. You would not have steak because who would cook the yeah, steak? Yeah, you got to start figuring out how to marinate it or heat it up and all that, and there's an oven involved or whatever. I'm like, you know what? You don't heat it up. You're well, whatever. Okay. Cook it. I just want you give me as many slices oh, of pizza as I can and a big cupcake. Yes, yes. I think that's why I was so proud of myself. And I was just like, hell yeah, look at what I did. Because normally I don't cook for myself ever at all. Not one bit. Uh, the ESPYs are tonight. Paulie wanted to play an ESPY game. Okay. Do we, we have enough time to play the ESPY oh, game? It's a, it's a very short game. Okay. Who was, who, which Ooh. athlete? Let's say there's an award for athlete of the year. Like the athlete who had the best year on or off the court. And then the athlete who had the worst year on or off okay. the court. Give me your... For instance, this is... Okay, my example would be Caitlin Clark of Iowa. She's been pretty famous the past couple years, but this year she really took over the sport of college basketball, so much so she lifted the sport of college basketball, women's college basketball, and really was the Mm. show of the entire tournament, men or women, and I'll bet you she's making a boatload. She's coming back. She kind of... But she lost. Yeah, but her losing was a story almost more as much as LSU winning. I I guess I would say what her level of famousness... Impact. Okay, who had a bad off the court, off the field? Who would get the SP for? It could be team. It could be executive. It could be anybody. I would say that uh, the Cleveland Browns. They they went from that lovable loser to after signing Watson, they're kind of like almost defunct. We don't care about them. We don't mm. really want them to win. Mm. And they they have this weird image now. Yes, Todd. I had for, I had Caitlin also for best for worst. I went Russell Wilson both on and off the field. Ooh. He just got beat okay. up with commercials okay. and bad performances. That's yeah. fair. 
Where's Russ been? Remember when he used to come on the show? Yeah, he's he's in the lab. Very busy. What happened? He's in the lab. He didn't have time for this. <laughs> he's doing push-ups on a plane. He just, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. I'll let him eat his Subway sandwich if he wants to. Just cool. Let's fry. <laughs> Anybody else got any suggestions with the ESPY game? Yes, yes, Eden. I had uh, best, this might be recency bias, but best year, Shohei Otani. Yep. Dude broke the mold. Yep. He's doing things that nobody thought would Literally be possible. Literally broke the mold. That people said probably won't happen again, and he's in complete control of his future. Yep. I don't know that you could do it better than that. All right, who's, who would be the bad? I had perfect. two. Okay. Uh, I had the Sixers. I feel like the Philadelphia 76ers are just having a terrible it's run of years. Part of the process. Yeah, yeah. the process is just, long defunct. Yeah. I was going to say Paige Buckets, too. Paige Beckers. Oh, she had a bad year, sort of like uh, just by not being around. I know that she was hurt. Yeah. But the women's game really blew up, and uh, some some real superstars emerged. Where you know she it used to be her name that you knew. Now you know five or six, and she's probably somewhere between four to six. Yeah. Uh, let's go around the room. What we learned on the program. That's the SP game. Uh, Fritzy, what'd you learn? You got so bored with the All-Star game yesterday, you tuned in for some of the PGA Live Tour Senate hearings. Yes, I did. What? Yes, I yeah. did. Yeah, uh, Seton, what did you Gilbert do? Gilbert Arena spent an unbelievable amount of money on a pool. $700,000. Oh, Marvin? Crap. You think people on the web are smarter. Well, ob- obviously. Pauly? C-SPAN Dan. Yeah, that's me. Uh, Todd, what did I learn? Gilbert Arenas told us Shaq would hit you extra hard when you drove the lane for the first foul to make you second guess going back in there ever again. I like, did you say anything? And he went, ouch. Get fired up. It's epic. It's Traeger. The new Ironwood Grill is loaded with enhanced features. Explore new flavors on the Flat Rock Flat Top Grill. It'll change your life. Literally. Traeger Grills. Wood-fired flavor cooking is now easy. Start shopping and grilling And go to Traeger.com. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.